Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you so much for just always being you. Always being the most consistent thing that we have in our life. So Lord, we ask that you continue having your way throughout this service. Continue working in our hearts, our minds, Lord, so that, that things will work out for the good because we love you. And we know that we are called to your purpose. So we ask that you have your way. Touch me. Anoint me afresh so that you will receive glory and honor in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Before you see the stop high five with five people and say, run that race. Don't quit. Ain't nobody got time for that. Amen, amen. So how are we feeling today? Amen, see, those are CCC folk. You always know you're going somewhere, you see CCC people, because all you hear is grace and peace. Right? You know that you, you know, once you hear grace and peace, you know from CCC, I was in, uh, it's a small world after all, in Disney. And I'm online waiting, and somebody's floating by, and you know, because you got the boat, and you're floating by, and they, grace and peace, Pastor Jamal. I'm like, And, 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 and the influence of CCC is, is, is large and grand, thanks to my father. We were in Corinth, Greece, and my father's given us a, 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 we're having a discussion about the, what, was, what was happening in the Bible with Paul and the, and, and the justice system and him going to trial. And all of a sudden, this guy turned around and says, I know that voice. He said, I listen to you on the radio all the way in Greece. So I said, wow, one time I was in Trinidad. You know, trying some mango, curry mango, right? The Trinidadians know, right? Some chickpea soup, right? And I hear, as I'm about to take a bite, grace and peace, I look over. Say, Thank God I wasn't doing anything wrong. So I'm excited. How many of you have been taking... Uh, inventory of your life and looking at sick. There's some things I need to upgrade. I'm, I'm working, right? How many of you have been writing your vision down? How many of you created a storyboard? Goals for the year. Remember, goals give you something to look forward to, right? Goals are the, the, the things that you use to see if you're progressing and in in, in where you want to go in life. No goals is very hard to measure. Remember, what we measure, we tend to value, Right? So we have to stay focused on this upgrade. The upgrade doesn't stop after January. It's an ongoing process because if our, our overall um, theme for the year is divine providence, the question is, are you becoming the individual to play your role in the overall providence that God has for you? People are quick to ask for things from God, but they're not quick to put pressure on themselves to do their part in the process. That's why when you end the sentence off with amen, you know what amen means? I agree. So you're praying and you're petitioning to God. When you end the, the sentence off with amen or the prayer off with amen, you're saying you're agreeing to play your part to be the person to receive the very thing that you're asking God for. So you got to upgrade. And today, you know, in order for us to withstand the storms of our life, we need to grow. Amen. Say your neighbor. Say neighbor. Because we're going to talk to our neighbors a lot today. Today is Fellowship Sunday. <laughs> Fellowship Sunday is today. We're going to be talking to our neighbors here and after the service. Amen? 
So the neighbor say, neighbor. neighbor. In order for us to withstand the storms in our life, we need to grow. Turn the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. Einstein said it the best. You can't solve a problem at the same level you entered it. You must grow. <laughs> See, because when we grow, we, our walk becomes much deeper. And our, and, and, and our, our, our belief systems come, become much deeper. And, and when you think about it, as, you, as we grow as individuals, the things that used to bother us last year don't necessarily bother us this year. Right, because we look at things different. Every time we grow, we, we, we tend to grow in a change of perspective. That's why I look at my dad and my dad. As we got older, we have, my, you know, I got, there's seven of us. And the gap is about 12 years old. Man, we got pop for every little thing. Okay, let me say the proper terminology. We were chastised. <laughs> <laughs> For the older folk, we know when we got popped, yeah, you know what that meant. And then as my younger brother started getting older, I'm like, you let him get away. He, he asked you why. Remember, we couldn't ask why. And you know, he used to say, well, my perspective and, and the way I see things are changing. I said, why didn't it change earlier? <laughs> so I teased my dad and, and, you know, and I'm excited. But... Um, as you grow, it helps you understand the test that you're going through in life. As you grow, it helps you, you know, weather the storm, whether it's a job, right? Whether it's, it's, it's your relationships, and some of us have some, some relationships we have to weather through, right? Every relationship we enter in is either a season, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And if it's a lifetime, those are the ones you say, okay, I got to weather through. You know, so I look at my wife, this is a lifetime. Let me start. Thank you. See, my brother, you, how long you been married? Amen. Sometimes the, 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 the storm is, is a family situation. Mm. Right? Sometimes the storm is a, nope, I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave. I'm not going to say a mother-in-law. But no matter what it is, <laughs> no matter the storm, the and maybe it's, the storm is financial. <laughs> but the stronger we are in the Lord, the better we are equipped to weather the storms. It's either two options, right? They, they say everybody is, these are the three phases. Everybody is in the storm. Leaving a storm or about to enter a storm. You understand? These, these are the three consistent phases that we have in our lives. And the more we weather the storm, the stronger we get, the more we equip ourselves to survive the storm. And this is a cause for us to mature in order to conquer the storm. Let's put it this way. Because this, this Sunday is about spiritual, spiritual growth, right? Upgrading our spirit wear. Where are we spiritually? And, and when you tend to ask people questions, you say, okay, what are your goals in life? 
I want to do this. I want to be that. I want to have this by the end of this year. By by you know by uh, you know for, for me by July, I want to be a part of Team Two Pack. <laughs> oh yeah, six pack is, is too much work. <laughs> so if I can just see the two right here, I'm good money. I'm <laughs> look. I'm married. Six kids. Five kids. Five kids. We'll talk about this later. Man, thank God I drove two, we chose separate cars. With five kids later, a wife of 20, 21 years. It's hot in here. <laughs> so you ask him, say, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? Where do you want to go? And you say, I want to, I want to, I want to become a better person. I want to do this. But the, when, when it comes down to it, nobody ever has spiritual growth goals. Very rarely do we sit back and say, where do I want to be spiritually? Where do I want to be with my connection with God? Because remember, for CCC, spiritual growth, and you can write this down if you don't have this, is increasing our capacity. Spiritual growth is increasing our capacity to know and experience God. Right? To know and experience God. The part, part two for this is spiritual growth is empowering us, empowering us to become participants to become participants in fulfilling God's purpose on this earth. So we're increasing our capacity to know and experience God, and we're increasing our, our ability to play our role in God's purpose on this earth. So when we, we ask, you know, I'm saying, okay, you, what, you got physical goals, you got financial goals, you have health goals, but what are your spiritual goals? To, for, for me this year, I, I've been pushing and saying, okay, I, need to, I need to really pray and seek God. Not in a way, because we often pray to God petitioning. God, do this for me. God, I need you to do this. God, take care of that. God, do this. And then we, the second part is we, 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 we have the, the thank you, right? Prayer. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this, that, and this. But when do you get to a point where you, and, and we were in our Tuesday night service, and we had fun Tuesday night service, and, and we were talking about uh, worship, and, and I gave him a challenge. I said, upgrade your worship. Upgrade your worship. And what does that look like? That's like saying, okay, there's a song in your heart. Don't use somebody else's song. Put the iPod away. Put the music away. What is your song you have for God. Amen. Upgrade your worship. So my goal is, I, say, I just want to hear your voice. Give me the things I need to utter. Pace in my mind and my heart the things I need to articulate so that this is a more productive prayer. So that's one of my spiritual goals. See, but the challenge for us today is to make sure we're growing in our spiritual journey. And not just in sitting in the pew, sitting in the seats, but we're really growing. So for today's message, 
title of today's message is Spiritual Growth is Not an Option. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. spiritual growth spiritual is not an option. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, other neighbor. Remember me? <laughs> Spiritual growth is not an option. So we're going to, and, and I'm going to talk about, you know, myself. And let's look at my, and, and, and the needs. So I started a youth pastor. A youth pastor is easy, Right? The kids are easy. Just, they, they, all they want to know is just tell me what to do, tell me how to worship, tell me how to pray, tell me how to study, and I'm good. Answer some questions. Why I got this? Why I got that? It's good. Then I get to the adult ministry. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Who are you? But when I started transitioning, so I was youth pastor, ministering to youth, having fun, and, 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 and you know, so my spiritual growth was at one level. And then the, 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 the individuals transitioned from, from youth ministry to young adult ministry, said, we don't have anything, so, so can you, pastor, can you start a young adult ministry? I said, sure, I'll transition out, minister Daryl can start dealing with the youth, and I'll transition out. But what I noticed is that part of that transition, I said, okay, where am I spiritually? Because their spiritual needs at one level changes at the next level. And I had to go through a process where I said, okay, let me look at, because I, 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 we live life on levels, right? And we experience them in stages, right? And at each level and at each stage, there's, there's a requiring of us to deepen our maturity, to deepen our methodologies, to broaden what we do and how we do it. Because our best at one level becomes mediocrity at the next so I just said, okay, Lord, you know, where do I go from there? And that was a nice transition. I started really studying the Bible and getting involved. And then next thing you know, the next transition, I get to a place where I'm now pastoring in Long Island campus. And it was good. I was having fun until the one person came to me and said, now you're my pastor. I said, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> See, because it was easy. You know, the, 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 the buck stopped with my dad. But now I'm at a place where the buck stops with Pastor Jamal. And I'm like, okay, Lord. And, and, and it's not just a, a maturity level mentally and, and educationally, but there's a spiritual maturity that has to happen. And this one had to jump higher. So my increase, I said, Lord, I, I need help. And I actually had to sit back and say, Lord, do, do I want to do this? <laughs> right? To whom much is given, much is required. Right? And I said, Wow. And I started looking at my spiritual growth, and I said, okay, I, I need to grow, and, and, and it can't happen once in a while. It has to be cyclical. And we're going to go, and I, I'll explain that a little further. And then, but when I really felt it, this is the, the time I really felt it, and we're coming off of my brother's birthday, the one who just passed, and, and I said, I'm going to use this story, because this is the one that really challenged me. I'm at this fundraiser. And while I'm at this fundraiser, my, 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 my wife calls me and says, look, something happened to your brother. You need to get to the hospital. Right? And I've had the call before. And usually it's because he had a bad asthma attack or my other brother fell. You know, the other brother, you know. We, we were always in the hospital. You know, seven boys. We were in the hospital. Stitches, broken bones. So it, it, it wasn't alarming. I get the call. says, all right. I go. No problem. Go to the hospital. Drop the kids off because the kids were with me. Drop them off at home. Went to the hospital. My, mother, my wife was away in Puerto Rico. 
So I go to the hospital. As I'm walking in, the ambulance pulls up. And my heart starts racing. See, because with, with, with your spiritual maturity, you get this, this, this discernment. Right? As you grow in, in spiritually, you get this, this level of discernment. And, and I'm, I'm, checking, you know, I'm trying to fill out what's happening. And they bring him out. And they bring him out in the stretch. And I see my nephew's face. And, I, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, okay, Lord. The need for me to be strong is now. And, I, and then they bring him out. And I, and I volunteer for the fire department in, in Smithtown over with Nessaquag where I live. And I spoke to the guy. He said, look. He said, the vitals are there, but they're weak. I said, okay. So you bring him into the emergency room. I'm waiting by the emergency area and stuff like that. And I call my father. I said, Daddy, just let you know, this is what's going on. And he tells me, he said, are you praying? And that question struck me. Because at that time, I did not know what to pray. And, and, and I'm like, you know, I, I said, sure, what, what should I pray? He said, just pray. So if my dad is telling me this, and then the thing about it, my dad was all the way in Singapore. So now the burden of the spiritual authority was placed on my shoulders. And I'm there, and, and I'm looking, I said, wow. And I started praying, but I, got, I, got, I, I, I said, okay, Lord, what do I pray? Where, where do I pray? What do I do? Where do I go? How do I pray? Lord, I'm in a whirlwind. Things are going crazy for me. I see my, my nephew's face. I see my brother's face. My mother's on the phone crying, saying, no, no. And at that point, I realized that we need to make sure that we are proactive in our spiritual growth. Because we never know, never know how and what kind of storm is going to come our way. And the reason more so that you need to be strong is not so much for you, but the individuals observing how you go through your storm. And I got the testimonies. People say, well, Pastor Jamal, I was, I was dealing with my brother's death for five years, but because of the way you and your family handled your storm, I was able to resolve it. Another person came to me and, and said, well, I, my brother just died. How do I deal with that? I saw how you dealt with it. How did you go through the process? What was your process like? Because of how I weathered the storm. See, people will follow and watch how you weather your storm, weather your situation. And that'll encourage them or discourage them. See, the way you come out of your storm either brings people closer to God or further away from God. And at the root of handling your storm is your spiritual walk. And don't get me wrong, I ask God questions. I ask God why. I ask God why him? You know, people laugh at me because I have a list. So if somebody needs to go, I have a list of who should go first. <laughs> I'm just saying. Every, see, y'all laughing at me. We all have a list. When it comes down to nitty gritty, you deal with a situation, I'm telling you, you're going to guarantee you're going to have a list. Well, this person was good. Why didn't it such and such? 
See, y'all making me feel like I'm a bad guy. Hey, God's still working on me. <laughs> See, the thing about it is, your storm, in essence, and this might not be fair for us as Christians, but people actually deserve an answer. Remember, God said, be prepared to give an answer. All times, be prepared. We have to be ready. We don't need to cave in. Because if you cave, it's a bad testimony. If you fall apart, it's a bad testimony, right? So when we're dealing with our storm, we, the, the stronger we are, the stronger the testimony. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor. The stronger the storm, the stronger the testimony. See, because the, the, the worst thing is to get caught up in the woe me syndrome. The woe me. The victim mentality. Oh, oh God, why me? Why me? Why not you? You know? Your storm needs to be lived out in such a manner that people either want what you have, need what you have. You understand? Yes. Right? Yes. With me so far? Amen. 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 So we're going to go into, we're going to talk about Peter. How many of you are familiar with Peter? All right, Peter's in the Bible. <laughs> and he's in the New Testament. He wrote a couple of books. He got a couple of books spoken about him. All right? And we're going to look at the phases of Peter. And the scripture, the text that we're going to use today, and we're not going to go to the text right away. And I, I, I first want to really talk about Peter. So Peter was a fisherman, right? Peter was a fisherman in Galilee. He had a good business, very prosperous. He had a certain way of looking at himself. You know, he was a younger brother of Andrew. Peter was putting in good, some good work. He was, a, he was not only just proficient in, 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 in business, but he was proficient in the skill set that he had for fishing. You know, Peter was looked at. As an unskilled, unlearned individual, go to Acts, you'll read that. Peter was, 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 was the only, well, was the main disciple that got corrected so many times by Jesus. Right? Peter, Peter was getting trouble left and right. Peter got corrected. He got, he got, he got, he got, he got shut down. And we're going to go and see his spiritual walk and the maturity of where he went. He was the most, he got corrected by Jesus the most than any other disciple. Right? Peter was, felt that he could talk to Jesus a certain way, right? How many of us feel like we can talk to God sometimes a certain way, right? Peter, Peter could tell, he used to tell Jesus what he could do and can't do, right? Peter, Peter was a very interesting individual. And sometimes when we look at it, Peter sounds like us, right? Sometimes with our spiritual immaturity, we put demands on God and we start sounding like Peter. And I caught myself, when, when my brother died, talking to God like Peter did. But let's go to Peter. Let's talk about Peter. And we're going to jump around. I'm not going to really go to, deep into the text. But put it this way. Maybe we're like the Peter that was in the boat. Right? The, I call him the sarcastic Peter. This Peter, Jesus comes, and, and it's in, let me see, which text is in? 
It's in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, and you can read on and when we get into it. But Peter goes, Jesus says, you know, hey, what's going on, guys? This is Jamalism, right? Jamalism. Jamalism is the way I express the story in the Bible. If you want the text, you can read it. Hey, Peter, what's going on? How's everything going? Oh, it's kind of rough out here. We're toiling all day trying to catch some fish, and business is bad right now. It's not looking good. And Jesus, you know, Jesus says, hey, why don't you try the other side of the boat? And if you look at it, think about this. What, you know, on behalf of Peter, what's the difference if the net's on this side or on this side? It's going to float underneath with dealing with the same water, same fish. So I can understand somewhat of his response. So he goes and says, yo, Jesus, we've been doing this. I do this. <laughs> right? I does this, Jesus. This is what I do day in and day out. You feed millions, thousands, I fish. But if you say so, and, and, and it was more so like, yeah, right, let's see. So I can say, see, I told you so. Right? This is the conversation. This is the dynamic. And some of us, we get to that place where that, we're that Peter. I prayed this prayer already, right? I, I, I continued fasting already. I continued believing. I did that already. But since you say one more time, sarcastically speaking to God, I'm going to try it. And he throws the nets on the other side. And, and next thing you know, there's so much stuff, that, so much fish that the, the nets started breaking. And, and he comes to Jesus because out of guilt, based on the condition of his heart, where he was spiritually, Lord, leave me. I'm a sinner. Right? He said, I'm a sinner. He said, he said, Lord, leave from my presence because I'm a sinner. Maybe that's one of us. Or maybe with a Peter that feels we're, 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 we're at a certain level where we tell God what he shouldn't do and should do. Right? This is the story of Peter and it's in... It's in you can go and look at Matthew chapter 16 and, and uh, well, yeah, chapter 16, and you go through the verses, and he says, he says, Jesus is starting to you know, wash people's feet. And this is Jamalism, sake of time. I don't know how much time I have. And Peter's, Peter is, 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 is standing there, and he says, you're not going to wash my feet. See, we get to the point where sometimes we, we determine how God should enter into our lives. We determine how God, we, you know, we, we put parameters on how God should, should, should serve us. We put parameters on how God should bless us. We put parameters on, on, on the methodology on how he should interact with us. And Peter goes, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, okay, fine then, but let me tell you, if I don't wash your feet, you're going to be all messed up. You can't enter. You can't be a part of. And Peter says back and says, okay, my bad. He said, if that's the case, wash my head. Right? Wash my feet. Wash my whole body. Because it's sometimes to the point where in our spiritual walk, we have to get shocked by Christ. So we can understand why he is doing it the way he is doing it. And people say, oh, well, I don't know how God works. That's because you're not in your Bible. See, because there are clues on how God's going to bless you within the book that he has given us to read. You're so distant from the book, you don't understand his methodology. 
Remember when I prayed, I said, Christ, God is the most consistent thing in our life. And we get shocked at how, we, how God works because we're not familiar with his book. The more familiar you are, less shocked you'll be when God works. The shock will be, wow, God, you came through bigger than I thought you were going to. You'll stop fighting and get mad at the way he did it, and you're saying, let's be shocked at the results. I don't care how he does it now. You want to use my enemy to bless me? Then so be it. We put parameters. Now, God, don't use them to bless me. So maybe you're the Peter, the sarcastic Peter. Or maybe, you know, we're, we're you know, the Peter that needs to be shocked into receiving the blessing. Or maybe we're the denying Peter. You got the denying Peter. And we're familiar, a lot of people are familiar with that. Even people don't read their Bible, they're familiar with that story. And the denying Peter is basically saying he was going through a storm that scared him so much to the point where in his association with Jesus, he was worried about being killed. And we preach this message about preference versus conviction. And if this is a conviction and not a preference, it'll be very difficult for you to be the denying Peter. And we need to make sure that we watch out. And you say, okay, how do I deny Jesus? Most of the time with Christians now these days, deny Jesus is not so much through their mouth, but through their walk with God. The most of your denial with Jesus is through your walk. Because there's certain things you know you should be doing that's indicative with the character of Christ that you don't do. And when you start acting outside of that character, you're, you're in a place where you can possibly and potentially deny the Christ we're serving. So he says, love your enemies. Forgive. And some of us are like Peter. He said, how, how, many, how many times we should forgive? So he said, how do you deny? You just with your walk sometimes. You might not verbally say it like Peter. Peter was out there cursing. and, and <laughs> He's like, girl. I just said, I don't know that man. And some of us are like that. When we walk the way we walk, you're saying, girl. But as you grow spiritually, you become the fourth Peter. The fourth Peter who is in this text where he says, he says, and this is a conversation. He says, 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 1, whenever you see so in the text, in the scripture, is a reference to what was said before. So is like, therefore, right? Because of. So we see so, so there's something that happened prior to the text. If we have more time, I really go into the previous text because he talks about this incorruptible seed. But for sake of time, he says, so put away all Malice. And when he's saying put away, he's actually saying it's like taking off a garment. Switching your clothes and you take your clothes off and, and he said, take it off and put it away. Have no more association with it. Let it go. Don't even give it away. Throw it out. Take off this garment and change it. He says, so take off the garment of malice. Or basically he's saying reject Malice. Reject all deceit. 
Reject hypocrisy. Reject envy and all slander. Because if you're at a spiritual walk and, and, and if your level of spirituality is here, what you're rejecting at this next level is something greater. Remember I said it's cyclical? So he said, reject it. And he continues on. He, then he says, long for, crave, thirst for it. Put yourself in a place where you, you desire it so much so that if you don't get it, you feel empty. Crave for it. Long for pure spiritual milk. Say pure. pure. Say the neighbor. Say neighbor pure. pure. Say the other neighbor. Say other neighbor pure. pure. See, because some of us are getting caught up on, on, on spiritual milk, but it's not pure. And the aspect that keeps it pure is the fact that you have an intimate relationship with it. You don't have a relationship with the Bible because of Pastor Jamal. Too often, the Christian uh, 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 arena and Christian, they have a relationship with the Bible through the pastor, never personally. He says, long for, crave, pure spiritual milk. He's talking about the Word. He's talking about the Word of God. He says that by it, you may grow up into salvation. If needed, you have tasted that the Lord is good. So because the Lord is good, you have tasted it, that means you should increase your appetite for him. So for today's application, the methodology for spiritual growth goes simply this way. Reject, crave, attain, and repeat. Simple. Reject. And, and basically he's saying the wickedness, reject the way the world is living. Reject the way the world is living. Reject, reject it. The world says hate your enemies. I say love your enemies. <laughs> so say it with me. Reject. Crave. Attain, attain, repeat. repeat. And attain means just learn. Grab information. Learn what this Bible is saying. What is this Bible saying about you personally? What is this Bible saying about your spiritual world? What is the Bible saying about how, how to have a relationship with your wife, your husband, how to have a relationship with your kids? What is the Bible saying? Because the Bible is the best tool you can have in your arsenal of growth. It's funny, I'm, I'm doing a, a, a message next week. I'll be in Brooklyn next week with Dr. Menard is out here. And I'm, I'm going to talk about the reliability of the New Testament and why is the New Testament re reliable. And when you look at it, the authors, they say, people who write, said the way the Bible is designed, it is designed in such a way, the cohesiveness and the consistency is at such a level that they can't even understand how it happened. It's dumbfounded. They, they come to a place where they say, wow, this book is, is, is in such a way. They said, they said you can separate the books in itself and even in that manner. And in a way, it talks because, remember, there's hundreds of years between the first author and the last author. The Bible is your best tool 
in your spiritual growth. So what do we have to do? We have to reject. We have to crave. We have to attain. And we have to repeat it. It's cyclical. New level, new devils. So at each level, you're going to be constantly rejecting certain things. You know, and, and, and it, I, I got to behave. I'm not going to mention a name. No, I'm, I'm trying to... Trying to mature. <laughs> but there's a certain individual that's been in the news lately. Right? And with the pro- the, 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 with, with, within the news, if this person would have created this system in his life, he would not be in the situations that he's in. See, because when you, when you, when you, when you, you, if your spiritual growth is good here, right, as you go to the next level, your spiritual growth becomes mediocrity until you increase it and make it grow, let it grow. Amen? So what happens is if, if you're here and God is blessing you and, and, and you're doing the same thing, you can't do the same thing at, at this next level. Somebody said to me, he said, they said, they said do, keep, keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same outcome. And at each level, there's always a need for us to mature in our lives. How much time do I have? Oh, zero. Man, I got, I got some more stuff here. I got seven spiritual disciplines that we need to deal with. All right, I'll give you two, maybe three. Number one, we have to develop practices that cause you to depend on God daily. We have to develop practices that cause us to depend on God daily. Develop practices that cause you to depend on God daily. Number two, build in a way that the Holy Spirit transforms you into a person that reflects the love, humility, strength of character, and obedience of Christ. We're talking about spiritual growth. Build in a way that the Holy Spirit transforms you. Who's going to transform you? Holy Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. The Holy Spirit transforms. The Holy Spirit transforms. So build in a way that the Holy Spirit can transform you into a person that reflects the love, the humility, strength of character, and obedience of Christ. We have to build in that. And that's why when I say reject, crave, attain, repeat, that's because it's a process. Because at each level, the Holy Spirit needs to, to deepen your character. And the reason why we need to deepen our character is because decisions are made in a moment of time is rooted in our character. That's why this individual, you get to a bigger platform, you got to make some decisions that you, you got to say, I can't, I can't say certain things. I can't do certain things because of the platform. So because of, of where I am, I need to mature into a place where I know what to say and when to say it, how to say it. So at the smaller platform, I can get away with some things. But at the larger platform, you got to watch what you do and how you say it. 
So this is where, and, 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 and that's why you got to get intimate with this because as, as you're praying, as you're, you're, you're worshiping, and you're in a place with God, the Holy Spirit is doing some things behind the scenes. The Holy Spirit is always doing some things behind the scenes that you're not aware of. There's certain character flaws that we all have that we're not aware of. And I'd rather the Holy Spirit deal with it before crisis brings it out. Because the character is always revealed in crisis. Crisis reveals the character. But I'd rather have it when I'm in my prayer life and the Holy Spirit says, okay, no, let's work on this now. Amen. See, because God always gives you a chance to deal with it private before it becomes public. Okay, I have to stop here. I have to stop here. Number three. <laughs> Part of your spiritual discipline, you need to have activities that, one, connects you with God. Number three is connecting you with God. Spiritual activities or activities that connect you with God and other believers. That's why we're going to have fellowship day today. See, because other believers hold you accountable for, spiritual, for your spiritual growth. See, sinners hold you accountable as a Christian. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't do it. Now, we as believers say, okay, where you are today, you better not be there tomorrow. I'm going to hold you accountable to grow. If you're praying for five minutes, you better be praying for 10 minutes next week. You understand? We all got to start somewhere. I used to be a five-minute prayer person. But then I wanted more out of my prayer life. So we need to have activities that connect us with God and other believers. And remember, we don't grow in isolation. We grow in community. Because when we're isolated, we are vulnerable. When we're isolated, we are vulnerable. So activities that connect us with God and others, we go in community, not isolation, because if, when we're isolated, we become vulnerable. Amen? Amen? Now my question for you guys, as we upgrade, how many of you ready to take this spiritual walk serious? Come on, let me get a hand around. Those individuals who are with me. See, because when I'm looking at the hands, I say, so when I need to, I need to know who I need to ask to pray for me. Because whoever in there raised their hand and said, okay, I'm not ready for the spiritual war. I don't know if I want you to pray because I don't know how your prayer life is. But those individuals that raised their hand, they said, look, because I, I, I need people to pray for me. I need to find somebody who's going to pray for me when I can't pray for myself. I'm telling you because you're going to go through a storm where you say, okay, Lord, I don't know what to say. You got to go to your sister or your brother in Christ and say, look, I need you to pray for me. I don't know what to tell you to pray for, but I just need you to pray. And there's some people I want to pray for me and some people I don't want to pray. Because some individuals, they pray P-R-A-Y and then some individuals, they pray P-R-E-Y. And you got to watch what they're doing. Okay, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. God is so good. He is so good. He is so good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Come, let's stand. Let's stand. So are you ready for your spiritual growth? Yes. See, you know why I love spiritual growth? Because spiritual growth deepens your discernment. And remember I said new levels, new devils? As you deepen in your discernment, it allows you to see the new devils. See, the weaker your discernment, it's more difficult to see the new devils. 
When, you're, when, you're, when your discernment is weaker, it's more difficult for God to show you what you need to change about yourself. So as we deepen in our spiritual walk, our discernment gets deeper, and God says, okay, look, watch out for this. See, sometimes he says, watch out for this to somebody else, but God wants to be intimate with you and say, watch out for this to you. But he only can speak to you at certain levels based on your spiritual maturity. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some people that they're always hearing from God. You know, God told me to say hi to you this morning. God told me to shake your hand. But there's those individuals that really, truly hear from God. And you know when it comes because it, it comes when you, 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 you just been on your face crying. You've been on your face praying and you've been on your face and, and then out of nowhere, out of the blue, God told me to give this to you. I don't know what you're going through, but God bless. That's how it happens. So are we ready to grow? Not yet? Are we ready to grow? See, a lot of people profess that they're Christians. But you know what's going to be different? The senses apart is the quality of Christianity you have. They're going to judge and say, okay, well, you know. They're going to go to a place where they're going to start saying, that's a real Christian. That's a true Christian. This person, yeah, they, 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 they can call themselves a Christian, but that one right there, they're about their life. They're truly about their life. And that's what I want for CCC Long Island. That's what I want for the individuals who are watching, you know, through, through Facebook Live. I, I just want people to be able to say, you're that true Christian. I'm excited about this. Father God, thank you so much. And if, if, if you're in this building and you say, okay, I, 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 I want to change. I want to I mature my spiritual walk. I, I've been doing this Christian thing for quite a, couple, a long time, for a couple of years, for a couple of days. And I say, okay, yeah, I, I need that. I want to pray with you. We were talking about upgrading your hardware. We were talking about upgrading your mind where. We were talking about upgrading now your spirit where. It all ties in. I say, Lord, come into my heart right now. Lord, I'm yours here, naked and unashamed. I'm ready to grow, Lord. So I put my heart in your hands. I put my mind in your hands. I put my spirit in your hands. You are the potter, and I am the clay. So shape me, mold me, develop me to be a better individual, but not just a better individual, but a better Christian. I am yours, Lord. Everything I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, completely yours. Give me strength to walk this walk. Give me courage to walk this walk. Give me persistence to walk this walk. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father God, thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you for the, the, the members here. Thank you for the, the staff, the, everything that made today possible, Lord. We want to say thank you. So as we go out into fellowship, I pray and ask that you have your way. Anoint us afresh. Bless us.
Because if you bless us, we know we are truly blessed. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. So come on, say it with me, say proud. This Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible is our rule of conduct. This Bible creates a lens that we see life through. As we leave this place whenever God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass.